The homilies for sermons contained in these podcasts were delivered by Deacon Joe Dietz, a permanent deacon serving at Christ the King Catholic Church in South Bend, Indiana, a parish of the Diocese of Fort Wayne, South Bend. Each homily is preceded by a reading of the scripture upon which it was based. While the content is the same as the homily preached, it has been recreated for the quality of the podcast. Reading from the book of 2 Samuel. At the turn of the year, when the kings go out on campaign, David sent out Joab along with his officers and the army of Israel, and they ravaged the Ammonites and besieged Rabbah. David, however, remained in Jerusalem. One evening David rose from his siesta and strolled about on the roof of the palace. From the roof he saw a woman bathing, who was very beautiful. David had inquiries made about the woman and was told she is Bathsheba, daughter of Eliam, and wife of Joab's armor-bearer, Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers and took her. When she came to him, he had relations with her. She then returned to her house. But the woman had conceived and sent the information to David, I am with child. David therefore sent a message to Joab, Send me Uriah the Hittite. So Joab sent Uriah to David. When he came, David questioned him about Joab, the soldiers, and how the war was going. And Uriah answered that all was well. David then said to Uriah, Go down to your house and bathe your feet. Uriah left the palace, and a portion was sent out after him from the king's table. But Uriah slept at the entrance of the royal palace with the other officers of his lord and did not go down to his own house. David was told that Uriah had not gone home On the day following, David summoned him, and he ate and drank with David, who made him drunk. But in the evening, Uriah went out to sleep on his bed among the Lord's servants and did not go down to his home. The next morning, David wrote a letter to Joab, which he sent by Uriah. In it, he directed, Place Uriah up front where the fighting is fierce, then pull back and leave him to be struck down dead. So while Joab was besieging the city, he assigned Uriah to a place where he knew the defenders were strong. When the men of the city made a sortie against Joab, some officers of David's army fell, and among them Uriah the Hittite died. The Word of the Lord. So before I begin this morning, I want to ask you to participate in a little exercise, the meaning of which will become apparent during the homily. I want you to focus on me with your eyes, and when you see me raise my right hand like this, I want you to immediately shift your eyes to the cross. Okay, ready? Looking at me, raising my hand, looking at the cross. Looking at me, raising my hand, looking at the cross. It's really a simple move, a simple shift of focus of our attention from one thing to another upon seeing a visual cue, the raising of my hand. We could also do the same move looking toward the tabernacle or the statue of Mary or Joseph for that matter. Okay, now let's talk about King David. I mean, based on his activity of looking in on people bathing from the rooftop at night, it's really hard to describe his activity as anything other than that of a peeping Tom. Quite frankly, maybe it's my suspicious nature, but I think it is unlikely that this was David's first evening stroll around the rooftop. And I would understand some indignant defense of the mighty king of Israel were it not for the rest of the story. For not only did David voyeuristically invade Bathsheba's privacy, but he then, being informed she was the wife of one of his soldiers, gave in to his lust 
by using his position as king to initiate an adulterous relationship with her. And then, when he couldn't cover up the resulting pregnancy, due to, of all things, Uriah's loyalty to duty, he had her husband murdered. So it is quite difficult to play any righteous card in defense of King David, the rooftop looker. But that's okay, for in tomorrow's reading, one of my all-time favorites, God through Nathan the prophet will deal with David and his sin. But as we look at David's actions in today's reading, it occurs to me that David would have been much better off if he had simply mastered that one move we practiced at the beginning of this homily. If he had simply, upon first catching a glimpse of someone bathing, had averted his gaze and immediately looked elsewhere, the outcome would have been much different. Simple move. Seeing something I shouldn't, quickly looking away. Better yet, seeing something I know to be a temptation or near occasion of sin, and looking to Jesus. I'm not suggesting that this would have been easy for David. I mean, after all, he was at the top of his game as king, having vanquished his enemies. He had six or seven wives, depending on which scripture you use to count them, and he certainly would have felt lord of all he surveyed. So from the rooftop he may have felt it was his right as king to look wherever he wanted and take whatever he found. But of course that would be wrong, as he still had to answer to God and was required to obey the commandments, one of which was not coveting his neighbor's wife. The key being that ego, pride, lust, etc. aside, he would have had to have trained himself in this first move, to look away from temptation. No doubt, as a warrior soldier, he had trained himself with various skills, be it sword or bow, even from his earliest expert slingshot days. And we know that he was trained on the use of the harp. But how many of us proactively think about how we will avoid the near occasion of sin, even when it requires something as simple as quickly turning our eyes away from temptation? Certainly, for both men and women today, the temptations of pornography and sexually explicit advertising make rooftop walks completely unnecessary to find temptations of the flesh. But what about the other things we might see or hear? The view of a friend, neighbor, or co-worker's property or actions that makes us feel judgmental, envious, or jealous. Or overhearing a personal or private detail that tempts us to gossip. Let's face it, there are numerous temptations to sin that could be avoided or decreased by mastering the simple move. Quick recognition of the threat, an immediate diversion of attention away from the temptation to the one who is the answer for it. And the best way to develop this skill is to strengthen the complementary muscle, the conscience, and to employ a personal trainer, the Holy Spirit. Thus prepared and equipped, we will soon find ourselves mastering the move, looking more quickly away from temptation, and spending more time gazing on the Lord. For questions or comments on this homily, write to Deacon Joe 2017 at gmail.com.